With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into our Houston Sports Weekly Podcast. My name is Chancellor Johnson, and we have a special show for you talking all things Houston Rockets, including the development of Jabari Smith, the Houston, the state of the Houston Rockets heading into the post-All-Star break, and what should the Rockets do during the offseason, including potential free agents and draft picks and more with a very special guest. Let's get started. Yes, and we are joined today by a special guest. You can see it on his face. He is excited right now. Big Sarge of Big Sarge Media and writer of Rockets Wire USA Today. One of the hardest working men in local sports Houston media. Sarge, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for, for having me and uh, the checks in the mail. Do, do, wait, you you too young to remember. <laughs> no, nah, now come on, say, man. And listen, now I got to put cash out. As, long, ben, as, as long as it hits my bank account. It's all good, man. It's all good. (laughs) Thanks for having me, though. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We have a lot to talk about regarding the Houston Rockets, man. Listen, the record is is what the record is. Dead last in the NBA right now. What is the state of the Rockets to you right now this season at the All-Star break? So, the sigh of the sigh, right? <laughs> right. Coming into the season, I, I I actually thought that watching what the Rockets had did to end the season, watching the progression that Jalen Green had made, watching the progression that Kevin Porter Jr. had made, I thought that coming into this season that they had a chance to, you know, to even make a, you know, a little noise and, and, and potentially make the play-in game. You know, I think especially after they got the draft pick of Jabari Smith Jr., I said, okay, so now you got a guy – who is a two-way player on both ends, who can shoot. Um, so that should have taken them to the next level, especially when you look at some of the teams in the West who are struggling. So I figured that with the, the young talent that they had, they would compete. Yeah, so uh, with that being said, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's hard sometimes. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's a hard watch because you can see the potential there. You can see the talent there, but it's just something isn't connecting, something isn't clicking. And, you know, with the injuries that they had, as far as Kevin Porter Jr. is concerned, and now, you know, Jalen is injured, I don't know what the next 24 games, the final 24 games is going to look like. But as of right now, I mean, it's sad because they're trending towards getting another lottery pick. And, it, and it's sad because how many times can you keep getting these lottery picks before you actually put a good product on the on the court? Mm. So at this point in time, I they're a bad team. I, I I can't sugarcoat it no other way. They are they are a bad team trending towards worse. I agree. And to me, that's my biggest thing with, with the Rockets. I actually I kind of knew not I kind of knew I I didn't know that they were going to be a, a bad team once again. It wasn't really much of a secret, um, yeah. whether it's coming from Timur Fertitta or Rafael Stone. I, I didn't really see lottery with this team, but I was hoping to see progress. Yes, and I'm not seeing it at all. Right, and and the thing that's really frustrating is when you when you look at some of the other. If you look at, for example, the other Houston team that's rebuilding in the Houston Texans, right? Coming to this year was like. 
at least with the Rockets, you knew they had talent. You knew there was potential. With the, with the Texans, obviously, they had a lot to kind of figure out coming in with Lovey Smith, and they, they still had to develop the roster as far as just to, just adding in talent. The talent was there, just a matter of, of developing them, and we knew it was going to take some time. But, like, now with the Rockets, where is the development? Like, ha- Jalen Green hasn't taken that next step, and he's still going to be a good player. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not really really concerned with him long term, but he hasn't taken that next step. With Al P, it took them – almost up until the All-Star break to say, hey, listen, maybe we should play through this very unique talent that we have who at, you know, 6'9", 6'10", or, you know, he's one of the big fellas on the team that you could throw in the post and you can play off of him as you kind of see whether it's with the Kings, with uh, Sabonis, and dare I say Jokic with the Nuggets. Obviously, he has ways to go there, but you see that, that he can be somewhat of a hub offensively. It took them way too late, in my opinion, for them to get there. That kind of starts with head coach Steven Silas, and we'll talk about him in a moment. And then your number three overall pick, Jabari Smith. Not a ideal rookie start to the season, but I want to ask you, how do you feel about Jabari Smith? Because personally, I'm not really honestly as concerned about him as others seem to be. I also remember Jalen Green last year who struggled, and I said, hey, listen, he's going to be just fine. And now, mind you, Jalen Green showed you a little more flashes it was a matter of him kind of putting it together this time last year with Jabari. We're still waiting for a little bit more of that. But how do you see Jabari Smith right now averaging 12 and 7 but not shooting the ball very well from, from three or really from the field? Well, he's 19 years old. Yep. So I can't just really, you know, he's still a teenager mm-hmm. and starting in the NBA playing against grown men on a consistent basis. And so with his height and his frame, he's going to grow into his body, but it's just going to take some time. I mean, we look at Giannis. It took Giannis some time to grow into his body but once he grew into his body he became one of the top five NBA players in the game so with Jabari the problem with Jabari to me is they don't run enough of the offense through Jabari mm. and what I mean by through Jabari is you know I I listen I I'm a, I like Jalen Green I think that Jalen Green is going to be a top tier talent in the NBA in I the agree. future right now he's a horrible passer and so he does not swing the ball a lot. You find Jabari, there's a lot of times he's out there on the island. That's why if you look at some of the games, he'll come down once he gets the ball. He doesn't pass it. He'll come down on the fast break and he'll take the shot. He'll pull it. Because he, <laughs> cause he doesn't know when he's going to be able to touch it again. And so they need to teach Jalen first how to swing the ball. And I asked Coach Silas about that too, about being able to, you know, pass the ball and reposition himself to get the ball back. Because Jabari isn't a person that wants to take – you know, you know, 20 shots in a game. Mm-hmm. He wants to play within the flow of the game. And so once that young Rockets team learns how to do that, then they're going to be they're going to be better. And Jabari is going to be better. And so, you know, he has to take his lumps. He has that this next 24 games coming out of the All-Star break is going to be one to see if he took the All-Star break to be able to go back and do some film study and watch and improve like Jalen did last season. You've mentioned the word young a couple of times, um, and so has Steven Silas. It seems like that's the word that comes out after every postgame loss. For you, at what point – now, at the, at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the guys don't go from you know, age 19 or Jalen Green, who just turned 21, to 25 you know, in two games. Obviously, they're going to be young for a long time, but at what point can the Rockets stop using young as an, as an excuse when, as we saw leading up to the All-Star break, I mean, they're getting put put up 150 points on them defensively. At what point do we have to move past that and say, listen, at some point, that's just simply not good enough. I don't care how old you are. You're a professional. It's the NBA. You got to get it right. 
It's not going to happen this year, Chancellor. And it's because once, you know, you, you think about it like this. Once Kevin Porter Jr. comes back and he comes into the lineup, all five starters are going to be 22 or younger. Mm. So, you know, at one point in the lineup, you had three players that were under the age of 21. Jalen just turned 21 um, a couple of weeks ago. But you had Jalen starting. You had Jalen at 20, Al P at 20, and Jabari Smith Jr. at the age of 19. So when you when you look at that, that it, it, it's it's going to actually take because they're going to get younger through the draft. And so it's going to take about another we're looking at another two years before we can stop using the young excuse with them. And so we can't bypass the fact of, you know, that age plays a factor, especially when you're going up against teams in the West like a, you know, and great job of that interview that you did with De'Aaron Fox. But you look at a team like the Sacramento Kings, they have veterans. You look at a team like the Portland Trailblazers, they have veterans. You look at a team like, look at the Phoenix Suns. They just got better by getting Kevin Durant. The Dallas Mavericks got better by picking up Kyrie Irving. And so you're asking a bunch of, you know, 22 and under players. Like it sounds like, a, you know, a G League roster or an AAU team. You're asking this team to go up and play against these seasoned veterans. And it's just going to take time because the teams that they're going up against, the veterans, they know way more about the game. and They know the angles to take. They know what they can get away with, what they cannot get away with, while you have the young Rockets team still learning that. To me, to, to that point, as far as with the team being young, I can understand that. When you look at, say, the Sacramento Kings game as an example where it was the controversial call on Eric Gordon when De'Aaron Fox shot that three. And the Rockets were up by at least two possessions with a minute left in the game, and they go on to lose it. I can excuse, hey, listen, this is a young team. They had to find ways to close out ball games and learn how to win. To me, that's when you can use the, hey, this team is young excuse. That goes out the window to me when you go on the road taking on Oklahoma City Thunder and they set a franchise record for most points in the game because and they're giving it's a layup line because you're not getting back on defense. That and then not only that game, then the you turn home after that disappointing performance and the Kings do the same thing the first night of the back to back or the first night of the the um the two straight games, the mini series with the Kings, um, where they, they got blown out by the Thunder. They gave up over 150 points. Then the next game, the Kings dropped 140. Uh, on them at home and that's when we saw Steven Siles go off to me that's where it's like all right you know like you gotta take some pride I understand that you're young but like this is unacceptable and we've kind of heard that being echoed from Steven Silas. so that leads me to my next question how much blame goes on the head coach unfortunately a lot mm -hmm. and I, I will say this it, it's a shame that Steven Silas has to take the, you know, the brunt of the blame. He has to take a lot of the blame because we don't know what Rafael Stone is doing. And so I know he came out the other day and said that if we don't know, if we don't know the plan, he's been telling us the plan all along. And so if we don't know the plan, then that's on us. Well, I guess that's on me because I don't know the direction and the plan in which you're taking this team. I'm going to use this for an example, Chancellor. It's, you're you're going you got 24 games left like there there shouldn't be a reason why you don't know the status of kevin porter jr as far as his health is concerned and now you have Jalen out at the at the trade deadline you should have found you you know a rental point a rental point guard you should have found you know there's some veteran out there that would have taken you know a deal there would have been some team that you could have 
gotten rid. You know, you could have got Reggie Jackson, right? You could have brought Reggie Jackson in and just let him finish out the season and then let him go to be a free agent or whatever the case may be. But I understand you can't do that if you're trying to tank as well. So as I digress, unfortunately, unfortunately, Steven Silas is going to be the one that has to take all the blame for it. And I, and it's sad because, you know, away from the game, I, I really like Coach Silas, you know. But as far as the game is concerned, he was, you know, we all know the story. Mm-hmm. Chancellor, he was never brought here to coach the team that he's coaching right now. And it's looking bad because when you're thinking that you're coming in to coach potential, well, I'm sorry, not potential, but you're coming in to coach Hall of Famers. Then all of a sudden, those Hall of Famers don't want to be here. Then the veterans don't want to be here. Then the veteran veterans don't want to be here. And now you're stuck with the AAU team as far as, like, age is concerned. And so he's trying to teach them the game while also trying to teach them how to be adults, young adults, by trying to teach them how to be. Right. And so, I mean, and you think about it like this, too. You know, there's only so much he can say because they're, like, in their mind, they're grown. And they're millionaires. He may, you know, may barely be a millionaire, but they're still millionaires. They have money. They have access. They have everything that they that they could possibly want. You know, they play for the Houston Rockets. So when they go places, they're easy rec- recognizable. So now you have to also make sure that you're not only coaching them to play the game, but you're also trying to keep them out of trouble, keep them out of, you know, the pitfalls that they're going to fall into. And I will say this, especially as young African-American males, because you can get yourself caught up really quick at the wrong thing. You swipe, look, you go into the wrong DM on IG, you can find yourself in a really bad situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's unfortunate, but he's going to be the one that's going to to take the blame for it. He's probably, you know, we probably won't see Coach Silas back next year. But my question has always been to the people who want Coach Silas gone and says that he can't coach, then who can come in here and coach this this young talent? Because you don't, you got to also be a babysitter too. So, and and a father figure. So I don't see, I don't know a coach out there that can come in here and wait a minute. I know one. But he's blackballed by the league right now. <laughs> I think Ime Udoka could come in here and be a really good coach for the Houston Rockets. You see, Ime Udoka has shown that he can coach. Yes. Um, but some of the other decisions that is expected <laughs> of you as a head coach. Yes. Uh, that's a, that's another topic for another day. We will have plenty more from Big Sarge of Big Sarge Media coming up right after the break. Welcome back to the KPRC2 Sports Podcast. Hanging out with Big Sarge. The only thing bigger than Sarge is his hat and his smile. (laughs) We've been talking Rockets uh, for most of this. Uh, We've talked about kind of the Rockets heading into the All-Star break. We know this team is going to be, they're going to finish, you know, at the bottom of the league once again. So at this point with 24 games left in the season, it's about looking towards the future. It's a good chance that they could finish with one of the top picks in the draft. Obviously, we know. The number one prize jewel in that. But they also have some other picks as well. What do you kind of see as the outlook as far as whether it's the Brooklyn picks, free agency, the draft? What are you kind of keeping your eye out on as the season kind of finishes out and they look towards continuing and building on this rebuild? I'm I'm looking towards because I feel like they're going to get a, you know, they're going to get either the number one or the number two lottery pick. Like, I, I just feel that there's mm. going to be two, and they're going to be back in that same situation they was when it was Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green. 
And so now you're looking at who who's, you know, is, is going to be Victor Wimbiamba or is it going to be Scoot Henderson? And so well, let me stop you there, though. If Well, just, just to be clear, if it's one, there's only one right answer, right? Scoot. I'm sorry. I think your I think your mic. I think it was a malfunction. No, no, no. no. Scoot over Victor. Yes, I, I I have Scoot over Victor. Why? Because the Rockets don't need another guy who needs the ball. And if you bring in if you bring in Victor, then what are you doing with Jabari and what are you doing with Alpi? Where are you going to put him? Are you going to put him at the three? He's not a three. He's not, listen, he may shoot like Kevin Durant. He may be able to handle the ball like Kevin Durant, but he is too tall to play the three because when a team goes small, they're going to do just what they do to Alpi. They're going to go small. They're going to bring him out of the paint. And then what? So this is why I say scoop. You bring in scoop. Go ahead. Get it off. Get it off. You bring in scoop. You put him at the point guard position. Keep Jalen at the two. KPJ is big enough to move to the three. You get off that project or that experiment of trying to make him a point guard and put him back in a position to be a scorer, an off-the-ball scorer. That way you can still keep Jabari. That way you can still keep Alpine in the lineup. You can bring K.J. Martin off the bench. So you bring in Scoot to be your point guard. You, just, just, you know, if, you, if you're just tuning in, Sarge has Scoot yes. Henderson. Yes. Over Victor Wimbanyama. Yes, and for the Rockets. For the, the Rockets, that's, that's the need. They don't have a primary ball handler. And you also going to bring in a guy who can handle the ball, but can score as well. But he doesn't look, he, he can score, but he doesn't look to score a lot. He looks to get his teammates involved. And so if you have him at the point guard position and you put, you know, you still got Jalen at the two and you put, because Kevin Porter Jr. is big enough to play the three. He's quick enough to play the three. He he can he can play that 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 small forward position. But if you bring in Victor, you're gonna keep so you keep KJ at the one. You got Jalen at the two. Who are you playing at the three? Are you playing Victor at the three? I'm I'm gonna let you finish and I got I'm, I'm a coach. So I'm <laughs> so so with that being said, I, I'm taking Scoot over over Victor if I'm the Rockets. So Sarge, this is uh what I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> That you're wrong. Okay, no, you're wrong. Okay, I, I'm ready for you're it. You're dead wrong. All right? And here's why. When you have the opportunity, if the Rockets are fortunate enough to get, secure the number one overall pick, because obviously there's a lot of moving parts, they would only have a 14% chance being a you know bottom four team in, in the league. So if you were fortunate to get the number one spot, you select the best prospect since LeBron James over – over Scoot Henderson, to me, it's not even a, a thought for me because being that best prospect since LeBron James, if any member of this current Rockets team doesn't fit next to Victor, sorry. And that goes for, and I think Jalen Green is fine, but that goes for Jalen Green. That goes for Al P. That goes for Jabari Smith. If they don't fit Victor, a seven foot, seven foot six center who can do it all, has a handle, can defend, can protect the paint, can move his feet on the perimeter, and can we've seen what he's been able to do, just completely dominating these other teams. And the kid where? is only 18. Dominating where, Chancellor? Overseas. Playing overseas and playing in the NBA is we, two totally different. Of course, things. but we've but okay, but we've seen that from look at the look at the influx of talent from overseas. The, the whole overseas thing about like can they play in the NBA, to me that's been dead. We like look at the look at the top 10 players in the league. At least 
what, four or five of them are international guys. Embiid, Jokic, Doncic, Giannis. Well, well hold on now. I, I'll give you Jokic. Jokic grew into what he became. Giannis. Luka, Luka. You can say Embiid played college ball. You can say Embiid played college ball at Kansas. Okay, cool. So, but when, where, when where, did, where did Doncic play? Luca played overseas. Luca is a, is, but but Luca is a, to me, Luca is a different talent than what Victor is. Of course, I mean, me. of course, they, I mean, yeah. So and, and and he's, you know, it looks like he, you know, Luca loves carbs, so we know that. So he's a pretty thick guy for sure. I'm looking at the fact of Victor is so tall. He's so tall, but he's so slim. His frame is slim, and so you're gonna get him on people. That will I put it like this: You put him down in the post. They switch out and get him down in the post against Stephen Adams. It's, what's going to happen? It's going to look the same. When Alpi gets switched off into bigger guys like Sabonis and Valachunas and Adams, when he gets switched off into those, he he's done because he hasn't learned how to play that that position yet. So you're going to keep Victor out on the on the perimeter a lot. No, so listen, just like we just talked about, you you mentioned Jabari Smith earlier in our podcast about he was only 18 years old, he's going to go into his body. So is Victor. So is Victor. They're going to make sure he, he come down south to Houston, they're going to get him right. But listen, body, the talent. Have you seen Have you seen how many seven-footers in the history of the game with a skill set like that? I can only name you one. KD. That's it. That's it. And to me... You know, listen, obviously, you know, if, if you feel Scoop, you know, you would, I understand yeah, what you're saying, sure. you know, as far as with the Rockets. I get that. But to me, when I look at Victor, if you can't fit him, I'm sorry. And, you, and what you what you do is you can package up because they're still nice prospects, whether it's, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're kind of projecting towards future if they were even to get that. But if they didn't fit, you can now package Jabari, LP or whoever you want to with maybe some of your Brooklyn pits, picks and maybe you'll get another superstar. Whether it's who knows, we we all we talked about this earlier about disgruntled stars that happen so quickly, things change so fast, and then you probably still have enough money to go sign James Harden, who's been rumored to have interest in coming back to the Rockets as well. So you could do a lot. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't fit Victor, like Chris Brown, chunk up the deuces. <laughs> so with with you know, because you mentioned the the phenomenal talent, you know, he's that we haven't seen a talent like him since LeBron James. Do you think that Victor is going to come into the league and make the impact, the same impact as LeBron James? I'm asking because I don't. I think Victor would change the game 100%. I think moving forward, teams in the West, we got we got to figure out what we're going to do with Victor. How, how can we, we – we need a big – or because we've seen some other – Victor, we, we've seen other players. You look at the guy from Orlando. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um Bobo, uh, Bobo, who s- similar. I mean, he's a seven foot guy who has shown the ability to handle the rock. Now, it's, it's not to the same extreme as as Victor, but like another guy who's these super guys who are supposed to be post players back in the day, and now they're doing. That's just the way the NBA is going moving forward. Yes. Um. So I think moving forward, we'll see more and more teams try to counter. Victor. You know, to me, where there's smoke, there's fire. We've seen a number of reports that he is interested in coming back. What do you make of Harden and the Rockets reuniting? I I don't like it at all. And the reason I I still think that Harden is talented, but I think that where Harden's mind is, he thinks he's still the old James Harden, but his body and his game doesn't say James Harden. Yeah, in his mind, because you got to look at it. When you have those guys who are 
super talented like that. Like I'll say, you know, side note, Russell Westbrook. In his mind, Russell Westbrook still thinks that he's a triple-double machine, MVP Russ. But his body and his game says you're not there anymore, so you're going to have to conform your game to a different type of, you know, to, to you're going to have to play a little bit differently. I feel like James Harden in his mind thinks that he's still James Harden top five uh, in the NBA, and he's not. And his body is it, it, it is going to break down on him His because he's older. So his body's going to break down on him, and his game isn't the same. Also, and I said this on a, a podcast earlier, Houston is James Harden's city. Like, this is his city. No matter wherever he is, it's still his city. When James comes back into the city of Houston, like he's still James Harden as if he plays at the Toyota Center. So you're bringing him back to his city. You're bringing him back to his house, which is the Toyota Center. You're bringing him back to his familiar environment on where he could get away and do whatever it is he wants to do. But you're bringing him around a bunch of young guys Teenagers. who watched him play, right? Who's who's watched James Harden play? Who know knows who James Harden is? And so, is James Harden? If if James Harden is going to come back here and change his habits as far as partying and doing things like that, staying out late, is he going to show up to practice on time? Is he going to is he going to come back as a leader? Because it's easy for him right now in Philadelphia. He doesn't have to be the leader because you got Joel Embiid there. So he'll step in and he he has to step in every now and then, but you still have players like, you know, you got veteran players there like MB. You got Tobias Harris. You got players that, yeah, who's been in the league long enough. You're about to bring him back into a, a locker room where the the veteran player is Jay Sean Tate. So I I just don't think that it's a good fit. I but I can see the owner of the Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, bringing it back so he could put butts in seats. I agree. Make money. I will say I do feel like he has embraced because you kind of you kind of mentioned earlier about um, James Harden feeling like he's still the man. I feel like he, he's embraced being the the Robin to Joel Embiid's Batman. Um, it, it does seem like he's he's comfortable taking that back seat. But if he comes to Houston, will he feel like he needs to go back to um, you know the similar role as as he did being the one man engine, um, which to me doesn't make since with what the Rockets are building right now. What I will say is that is kind of my concern, too, um, with a potential reunion of Harden and the Rockets. Because right now, what is this identity of this current Rockets team? They don't have one. So they're still very impressionable. So you bring a guy in like James Harden to a team with a bunch of young players that still don't have any type of identity, and they're not going to have one in the next 24, in the next 24 games – to me, it just doesn't make sense, and it's almost, in my opinion, a race, a waste of a rebuild over the past two years just to bring back a guy and sign him what to what will be a max contract, and you're gonna let him do what he wants to do, both on and off the court. Then, then what, what are you doing with the development to ensure that some of the younger players say they strike out on on Wimby or Scoot with Green, Al P, Jabbar? Like what? Like what happens to the development when it goes back to James Harden? What could potentially be dribble, 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 step back. So, and you're going to be looking for a coach if you're yes. not going to bring Steven Silas back. And if I'm, and if you do bring Steven Silas back, I'm like, I don't want to coach James. I, I had an opportunity and James left me. Right. So I don't want to bring James back yeah. here. So if you're looking for a coach, you also got to have a coach that's going to say they're willing to coach James Harden. Mm-hmm. Coach James Harden and the rest of this young team. Big Sarge. 
Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure. We will have you back. Because not only do you do the Rockets, you also cover the Astros and the Texans as well. I have to get you back to talk about D'Amico. And the Roughnecks now. And the Roughnecks. And, and the Roughnecks. Yeah. So we'll have to have you come back, especially as we enter draft season. We know how your NBA draft takes look like. So I want to hear your NFL draft takes as well. <laughs> Big Sarge, appreciate your time, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.